Thank you for downloading this podcast from Abrupt Audio. You can find more episodes of this and many other podcasts at abruptaudio.com. Subscribe today to get the next episode automatically. You're listening to the Pixel Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pixel Podcast. It's episode two. If you missed the last episode, no need to worry. You can find them on abruptaudio.com forward slash PIX3L. You can subscribe to our podcast using iTunes. And for the Android users, you can download the Audio Boom app and find us there. I'm your host for this week, Martin Gregory, and I'm joined with Ben and Edson. Say hi, both. Good day, evening. Hello. Hi. (laughs) And with that... Let's start our weekly catch-up topics. Pixel Podcast, officially approved by Ed's Nen. So with the first topic, it is all to do with Apple, who are back in the news, this time over Error 53. Now, a lot of you may not know what Error 53 is. Error 53 is an error that has recently, according to a new iOS update, started appearing on people's phones if they've had their Touch ID sensor modded or repaired by a non-Apple uh, official like repair store. Basically, um, any of the touch-based uh, Apple iPhones uh, are, are really at the heart of the legal challenges launched against the company this week. A class action lawsuit filed yesterday, uh, this is as of recording Friday, uh, in the US District Court for the Northern District of California alleges that Apple has wrongly bricked, rendered inoperable iPhones whose fingerprint sensors were damaged or repaired by unauthorized third-party repair shops. Meanwhile, San Jose-based Immersion Corp, a company that develops and licenses touch-based feedback or haptic technology, also filed complaints yesterday against Apple with the U.S. International Trade Commissions and in U.S. District Court for the District of Delaware. Those companies alleged that Apple, along with AT&T and AT&T Mobility, have infringed on three of Immersion's patents for haptic feedback, uh, touch controls, and interactivity. Apple did not respond to uh, requests for comment, but... Obviously, they are in some legal trouble here. Okay, so is this some sort of legal battle that's just going to fizzle out? Is it that important? Uh, Maybe open this over to Edson. Let's start on the whole Era 53 thing. Do you think that if someone has their Touch ID repaired by an unofficial store, that uh, their iPhone should be bricked? I honestly don't think it should. I'm honestly a strong believer of either if you've agreed for the contract um, or you've bought the phone outright. Like once you you've you've agreed, because like when you're in a contract, you, you're going to be paying for that phone whether you whether you buy yourself out of that contract or whether you pay for it in full eventually. I honestly think like once say your warranty, if you do have a warranty or if you choose not to have a warranty, um, if if it does run out or you do choose to get it um, get get your phone repaired or whatever elsewhere, there should be no implication for that, especially. Um, um, like I, I just don't, I don't see why they they would do this. Like surely, surely they knew that this would eventually come up, and this would be something that they would look like they're in some. Well, it doesn't look like they're in serious trouble, but like it looks, it looks bad on them. And I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a shady thing to do. I think. I think it was kind of obvious that the public were going to speak out about this. I mean, you know, anyone doesn't like to be told that they can't do something, you know, with their exactly. own device that they own. But I, I understand possibly why Apple have done this, because, I mean, let's say this kind of lawsuit is a lot better than a lawsuit that maybe someone's fingerprint has been acquired by a company or has been compromised, the security of the device has been compromised in some way because of third-party repairs, which does kind of open up a bit of, a, of an issue here. If you are having your device repaired by, you know, an, an sort of unknown third-party, then, especially when it comes to things like Touch ID, which is, uh, you know, a very 
very secure way of not only uh, unlocking and unlocking your phone, but paying for things through Apple Pay and uh, various other apps that have started incorporating, such as banking apps. So obviously, you know, this could be a bit of an issue. And I think maybe Apple is going, well, if we get, you know, if you get a lawsuit over this Era 53, it's going to be a lot better than the lawsuit we might get if we didn't do something like this to try and stop people from unofficially getting repaired and, you know, maybe cropping something up later on where someone's had their fingerprint taken or their security has been sort of uh, broken down by a third party through this kind of method. Martin, what do you think? At the end of the day, you've given away sort of security to your phone, you know, and how could you now ensure yourself um, doing that? Now you've got rid of your phone security, anyone can access it. And in a few months time when it gets hacked or something, you know, you're going to turn around and say, well, you shouldn't have got it repaired for a third party. And Apple's um, team is very good at sorting out things like this. And I'm not trying to like promote them in or any way or plug them. But like when you have the quality there, I understand why Apple are very um, strict on ver- on this and very crack down very hard on it. And I sort of agree with them. I mean, the success of things like Apple Pay has been really good for them. I mean, they've had really very little stumbling blocks and really no sort of security issues at all with the technology. So I can understand them wanting to make sure that they protect that security because obviously that's going to have a massive effect not only on people's outlook of Apple Pay, but also the relationship they have with the banks that uh, have their customers, you know, signed up and ready to use that. So I'm guessing it's something to do with that. You know, I think from that point of view, it's, it's really understandable why this might be the case. I think, you know, it, there's kind of two sides of the coin. Apple do have really good customer service, like Martin said. And personally, if my iPhone broke in any way, I would rather give it to Apple and have them sort it than give it to some third party, especially when it comes to something sensitive like the Touch ID, where I don't really understand or know the details or, or whatever they're going to be able to get from uh, repairing that. So our second topic this week comes from Ubisoft. Watch Dogs 2 has been confirmed. It was speculated back in April 2015 based on a job posting uh, for a senior gameplay programmer for Watch Dogs 2 that Watch Dogs 2 was in development. Obviously it was. When Ubisoft confirmed it in its third quarter sales announcement that Watch Dogs 2 and a few other games of note will be out sometime during 2016 to the 2017 fiscal year. There are no specific dates or even seasons, but the report makes Watch Dogs 2 official by stating that it will be released something during the coming fiscal year, which runs from April 1st, 2016 to March 31st, 2017. Other games of note, barring delays, will be released over that period include a medieval melee game, For Honor, the new South Park game, and Ghost Recon Wildlands. Now... Martin, what are you thinking of Watch Dogs? Obviously, the first one, it had a lot of hype back when it was announced at E3, when it first was announced. It had so much hype building up to the release. Obviously, I don't think it did as well as they would have expected, but obviously now they're coming back with Watch Dogs 2. Do you think they've learned from it? Do you think this one's going to be a success, a lot bigger than what they... Or sort of, is is it going to be as big as they, they sort of wanted Watch Dogs 1 to be and it sort of never turned out to be? What do you think of it? I'm going to start it off saying um, when Watch Dogs came out, uh, it was just hitting its new gen. It just hit into that peak. And I think a lot of pressure was definitely on um, the Watch Dog there. However, I think Watch Dogs 2 is definitely going to break the mold now. I think um, they've learned definitely from Watch Dogs 1. They, they've already seen games that have already come out in the new gen, which is the PS4 and the Xbox One. So now I feel like they've learned, they know how to tackle it better. And they know it's a new breed of gamers. Therefore... 
I feel like Watch Dogs 2 is going to be a game to watch out for, and I think it is going to rise to success. And unless its counterpart, uh, Watch Dogs 1, which sort of had very mixed reviews, but a few of them were very negative. I think there is an opportunity there. Maybe, you know, uh, Ubisoft can learn the mistakes of uh, Watch Dogs 1. I mean, there are a lot of elements in Watch Dogs 1 that are actually really good. I mean, I played the whole game all the way through. And to be honest, maybe in, in that sense, it's probably actually quite a compliment for the game, because I actually these days rarely physically get the time or the drive to want to finish a game. And I did do that with Watch Dogs 2. So, I, you know, there was a bit of story element that, that was fairly interesting. It definitely wasn't maybe as in-depth or as, as sort of original as it could have been. And some of the gameplay elements definitely could have been improved. I think it got very repetitive. By the end, I was just like, please just get me through this puzzle so I can get onto the next puzzle because I was just getting bored of seeing the same sort of things again. And, you know, trying to make, oh, you know, it's all hacking and things like this. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm drawing a dot from here to here. Or I'm like, I'm trying to get this flow of stream going from one ear to one ear. If I was hacking, that's not how it works. I understand, obviously, that's making the game way better. Still, it's got really, really repetitive. So, Watch Dogs 2, I am definitely open to it. Um, I just hope that uh, Ubisoft will learn a few um, learn a few things from the last one. One to do with the way they marketed it, and, you know, they went all in and said, this is going to be amazing, it's going to look this amazing, it's going to be out this time soon. And then, you know, the time just dragged on and dragged on. I think people started getting a bit wary by the time it got out and going, actually, this has been delayed so much now. Is the game actually going to be still good anymore? I think they looked at it with a bit more criticism than they maybe did uh, sort of an open mind because of that. So, yeah, we'll see about Watch Dogs 2. Not got them, you know, the highest of hopes, but uh, we'll see what they have in store. Uh, obviously, with with Watch Dogs 1, there was two things that I actually took from it. There was They didn't market it as well as they could have. They sort of put it up against GTA, which I think was the wrong move for them. And secondly, they didn't deliver what they promised. It wasn't an open, like a completely open world. And the story was was very linear when they were saying it wasn't as linear as, as it was. So I think they just need to focus on those two key things. And then as soon as they do that, like, obviously, I think this will... If, if they do that and they don't drag out the... The, the the release over years and years and, and 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 wait to give us this game that they promised to be so good if they don't drag it out i honestly think this could be a good thing i think they've learned from watchdogs one like you say um so hopefully fingers crossed watchdogs 2 is a lot better than watchdogs one Sticking with the subject of Ubisoft, we now talk about the Assassin's Creed series. The strange reality we live in now is Ubisoft has confirmed earlier uh, this year rumours that there will be no Assassin's Creed this year. They have done nine Assassin's Creed since 2007. That's one a year. Ubisoft says in a blog entry, this year we also are stepping back and re-examinating the Assassin's Creed franchise. It then goes on to say, we're taking this year to involve the game mechanics, and to make sure that we're delivering on promise of the Assassin's Creed offering unique and rememberable gameplay experiences that makes histories everyone's playground. I think this rest is definitely needed for the Assassin's Creed. You know, like I said, one a year. It's been hosted by Ubisoft over and over. To me, it seems like the same recycled game over and over, just with a few mechanics. It feels very uh, cookie-cutter. You know, like, I'm talking about the games like your FIFAs, your Maddens, but... I feel like this is on a bigger level because you know with like FIFA and Madden, it's like it's the same game, you know, but just with extra features, which everyone loves. But with uh, Assassin's Creed, you might think it'd be a bit more different, but it's still the same, just different times in history. And that's just my personal opinion on it. I've never, ever got into these games, and I'm glad it's taken a step back, re-examinating the formula and hopefully improving it. What do you think, Edson? I mean, honestly, like... Assassin's Creed is one game that, like, I'm really big into sort of... I, I honestly thought when the first Assassin's Creed dropped all those years ago, I remember when it came out, I remember buying it, 
and I remember being a little bit disappointed. I've played a few since and I've enjoyed some of the ones since, but I honestly do think that this is the exact perfect move for them. They, um, Ubisoft, they they don't, I it feels like it's it's just every year we, we go to an E3, we expect in the Ubisoft conference that there's going to be a new uh, a new Assassin's Creed game announced. It's not it's not a big thing. Um, it's it's like you say that they've they've released one a year since they started, and for for that to be um, to be to be happening, um, it's I don't know. It's it's a lot of work to make it something new and something fresh. And I think just taking just this one year out can really help the series. Like you say, the 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 whole Madden, Fifas, those sorts of games, which are which are games that you can't really innovate in a certain sense because it's it's a game about a sport um or a game about a certain thing it's it's, it's not really something you can innovate too much this is a com- this is a game with a story behind it this is this is a, something that people are writing this is something that people have been have spent time writing and it feels like it's a little bit rushed and a lot of people over the years who were big supporters of assassin's creed at the very start are not now um supporting the series because they, they're releasing too many they feel a little rehashed and they and this the storyline doesn't it it just doesn't i don't know they, the the storyline suffered because of it so this this year this year out can really do them good uh like you say they can they can take a step back and hopefully i'm hoping this this may make them realize that maybe an assassin's creed game every two years might be the the new way to do this and people will be a lot more hyped about a, an assassin's creed game if they have to wait two years for it um, and they know that, that, that there's been two years of development there's been two years of writing there's been two years of hype surrounding the game um i i, I honestly think this is the perfect move for them if I remember rightly, uh, we have actually another Ubisoft game coming out this year. If, if I remember, it's The Division. Am I right? Yes, 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 yes. So I think maybe uh, it's a little of a game plan where they've got The Division. A lot of people are hyped about it. I am not an exception. I'm so pumped for this game. And maybe they don't really want to step on their own game's toes. I mean, all right, they've pushed back The Division till now. And maybe they think, right, if we get The Division, we need to start thinking about other franchises that come bigger than that or even best it, and maybe not interfere with one another. Edson, I'm throwing it back to you. What do you think? So, like you said, obviously the division's coming out, um, and I don't think it's that they're trying to take away from this game. It's more that they are trying... I, I think that they're using this time. They know that the division's such a big game, and it's been hyped for so long. Um, like, in, in previous like E3s, they've shown off the division, they've shown off Far Cry, they've shown off Assassin's Creed, they've shown off all these games that are releasing... relatively close to each other um so so they're not afraid to release big games close to each other um and i i honestly i don't think it's more that i think it's more the fact that they they know the division is such a hype game and it's one of the games that they've announced in recent years that has that the hype has sort of stayed around it the the hype around watchdogs the the game we just previously talked about it sort of died down but i i know the hype around the division has stayed and a lot of people are really looking forward to this game so they they've got a bit of time where they can reevaluate the assassin's creed series which a lot of people have been calling for over the past couple of games so i think it's more to do with that that they it's not that they don't want to take away from the division it's it's that the division has come at the perfect time for them they need to have this year off they need to reevaluate the series and take a step back um, and, and just live off the the division for a little while and just and just let that do its thing let that take the limelight for a little bit come back all guns blazing next year announce the next assassin's creed make everyone hype for it and that's when they can really take on and push this series forward 
So the next topic is to do with Facebook. And Facebook has actually gained a lot of traction when it comes to advertising and people who want to advertise on the social network. Uh, this is mainly because there's a big realization that actually um, putting ads integrated through uh, people's general interaction with friends and family actually has a much bigger impact than ads, let's say, on other websites and uh, other sort of Google searches and things like that. Because when you're searching through your timeline, you're more likely to generously see something and click, actually, I'll go and have a look at this or get involved with something you feel passionate about. And Facebook has noticed this and has done something to try and support the people who are trying to use the ads for maybe something a little bit more good. Facebook has begun combating terrorist propaganda online with its own form of counter-speech. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. It's been attempting to discredit extremist content with posts from its users. The social network has supported several counter-speech initiatives in recent months, offering ad credits to some users and collaborating with the US State Department to develop messaging from college students. Uh, Speaking at the World Economic Forum last month, Facebook Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg expressed her support for campaigns that counter propaganda form a terrorist group like ISIS with messages of tolerance and hope. Sambo pointed to a recent case in which a Facebook page for a neo Nazi group was flooded with likes and positive messages. According to the journal, a team led by Monica Bickert, Facebook's head of global policy management, met in December to plan ways to encourage counter speech through competitions and ensure that it reaches target audiences. The company has provided ad credits worth $1,000 to those who post counter extremist messages and together with the State Department, launched competitions in 45 college classes around the world. Uh, I think personally, it is a good move. And I think that uh, it is something that Facebook should be doing. I think maybe more the question is, should Facebook be rewarding other forms of advertising as well? Maybe forms of advertising like fundraising for charities, or things like that, anything that's sort of really doing good to the community and sort of helping the world a little bit better. Do you think Facebook should offer these sort of credits for more of those other type of things? And maybe do you think websites uh, should follow in Facebook suits in supporting um, sort of things like counterterrorism, propaganda, and things like that. So I think Facebook should be supporting groups um, like charities and fundraisers. Definitely getting the message across. Create a community within Facebook. How many people use Facebook? Millions, even billions of people use Facebook daily. And things like uh, terrorists and extreme um, groups, we don't really need them. And I'm not um, trying to like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. Uh, Things like that, we want to stay away from. and We want to sort of stand up and against these. And I feel like Facebook is should lead the charge and as well as spearhead it. You know, um, if we could just have that momentum that they've got there for these neo-Nazi groups, think what we could have for stuff like for raise cancer awareness and go for those sort of charities. The, the possibility is endless, and the amount of money that uh, charities will receive, even the smaller ones, become larger just overnight if Facebook pushed charities and other sort of events like that. They need to push these. I think this also may help change the way people look at advertising in general. I think that some people think advertising is more of a militia, more of a pain. I think if people realise, actually, no, I can use advertising myself for good and your Facebook's going to support me to do this and then maybe if that does sort of see some sort of change in the ads, sort of ads you see on Facebook, maybe the, you, know, you don't see so many sort of, let's say, more stereotypical ads. You see something that's more about the community fundraising projects and things like that that's going on in your area, things that are doing good in the community. I think that will make people look at ads a little bit differently and maybe uh, you know be a bit more open-minded uh, to the whole sort of ad system and the, the way hopefully it's developing towards.
All right, so moving from one extreme to the other, we're going to um, talk about something a little, a little more lighthearted. Uh, have you ever wondered what type of dog you look like? No, neither have I. But there is a website called whatdog.net, and it's what-dog.net. It's here to save your day. Upload a photo, and the site will instantly give you your dog breed analysis, complete with a personality assessment. Now, I have just this second done this and I have uploaded a photo of myself and I'm a Shetland sheepdog. I'm a strong barker, agile and sturdy, loving with its family. Now I know obviously Ben and Martin have both done this as well and they were telling me about this and they added this topic a, a bit of a last minute thing. They did this on a radio show that they do um, and I'm, I'm interested to know because I still don't know what dogs they are actually, um, they, they are. So what, what dogs are you guys? Yeah, so uh, me and Martin do a radio show uh, literally just before we record the podcast on a Friday. And uh, we cover this topic on there and uh, we both live on there, upload our photos to find out what dog we are. Now, um, my tagline was, um, sort of my description was, must be kept busy, uh, intense, highly intelligent. Okay, so I'm thinking, sure, sounds like me, sounds just sounds exactly like the person I am. Uh, So I'm a apparently a German shepherd dog. Interesting. I, I don't Interesting. see it. I don't see it, but you know, the website can't be wrong. I mean, you know, why it's, would the website it's, be wrong? It's fact. It's science. Exactly. Of course it is. And Molly, what about yourself? I got loves its family. I mean, that's so generic. I mean, just that alone. But then it got a bit more interesting. Ooh. I'm also protective. You're big bone and well muscled. Well, I can only be one thing. Now, I hold mean, on, if, is, if, it, is he adding them himself? I think he's adding them himself. I think he himself. has, but yeah. let's just say, <laughs> some, let's just track back a bit here. If you don't know Martin, um, Martin, you know, is fairly fairly slim, fairly tall. The words muscle don't come to mind. Uh, don't come to mind. Let me just flex right now. Oh, look at that. Those muscles, Ben. Have you not It's seen? like looking at an x ray. It's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. like oh, boy. <laughs> So, if you want to find out what dog you are, and uh, you can let us know um, through social media uh, and in the comments, I think you can leave comments on the abruptaudio.com page. Uh, upload a photo at what-dog.net and let us know what dog you are. Uh, I didn't say what dog I was. Oh, um, sorry. Um, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that we weren't interested at all. Tell us. Tell us what I wasn't it? interested in one bit. Rottweiler? Come on. Rottweiler. Rottweiler. I, I, you know, I see it. I see it. Don't lie to I don't, me now, Ben. I don't see it. You, you I don't see it at all. No, I, don't, I see it. I see it. You do talk no. a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Wow. If you want to read more information about the things that we've gone over this week, you can check out the links with the blurb on abruptaudio.com. Caps Lock. Preventing logging since 1980. Pixel Podcast. Our main topic this week is all to do with drones. Now, as we all know, drones have been a bit of a pain in the back. So the technology has been advancing quicker than the legislations and the laws have been. And America has been one of the forefronts to really be quite strict and sort of lay the law with drones. So it's really interesting to read about Congress and their almost change of heart, possibly, not confirmed. A bill is currently working its way through the committee process towards Congress that will reauthorize or not the Federation Aviation Administration. The current legislation has some radical ideas about privatizing air traffic control in the US, but it also includes a big section about unmanned aerial vehicles, aka drones. Today, Congressman Rodney Davis of Illinois introduced an amendment to the bill that would create a separate class of drones known as micro-UAS, units weighing less than 4.4 pounds, 
Right now, a company that wants to fly a drone in the US needs to get a special exemption certificate from the FAA. The person operating the commercial drone must also be a licensed pilot. The amendment would exempt commercial micro drones from all of these requirements. For reference, the new DJI Phantom, which is the most popular model of drones submitted to the FAA for exemption, weighs just 2.8 pounds. The unit is capable of capturing 4K footage at a range of over one mile, so we're likely to be more than capable for most jobs. By comparison, the DJI Inspire 1, which is a much more powerful machine with a few extra features, weighs 6.6 pounds, and so it would not qualify for the micro drone status. Uh, Edson, do we think it's really important that uh, this bill sort of moves forward, especially when we start to think about things like Amazon and Google, who are all eager to build their own drones and sort of sort of race? It's almost like the drone race has come instead of the uh, the space race. Do you think it's going to be vital to these sort of schemes and, and plans taking off the ground? Pun not intended. Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, it, it is a big thing because all these companies are, are have shown in in the recent years that they they do have um, have use for these 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 machines. But I honestly don't know. I I, I don't know how practical it's going to be. Like moving sort of like away from the like the, the legislations obviously need to be there because it's something that you're going to have drones flying around. Like theoretically, you're going to have dry, dr- drones flying around, but. I don't think that um, it's. I, I I don't think these companies are going to um, use them as much as they like. They've shown concepts. They've shown concepts of of Amazon delivering it, uh, d- delivering parcels. They've shown concepts of, of 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 Google using it. And I I honestly like. I think it's going to be more useful in the private space. It's it's, it's going to be more useful in in like we've seen it being used in like loads of films are using it now. Uh, pe- people that are doing filming, people that are doing photography, people that um, in sort of like private places. So maybe even private businesses could probably use it on like, I don't know, big building parks and stuff. They can use it for certain things. Uh, you can use it obviously in, in, in many aspects. It seems like they're, they're trying to pass all these laws and obviously there's a lot of technology being developed for these drones, but I don't know how quickly it's going to make it. it's sort of stance in the workplace, as, as, as I would say. I agree with you, Edson. I think we're really a long way from the kind of drone world that, uh, that's that been pitched to us uh, by the papers and, and by the sort of futurists. Uh, but this is a step in the right direction and I think will kind of lead us on the path that sort of Amazon and the like will, will want us to go down in relying on drones, uh, not only for our video needs, but also for our consumer uh, product needs as well. I don't think it's enough with drones. Yes, you might have a pilot license, but I feel like they need special courses for drones. I feel like, you know, you have a, you have a special test for cars, motorbikes, lorries, uh, airplanes, everything. And I think drones should also be counted as one where you have to have a special certificate. I feel like um, it isn't about how much pilot experience you have. I feel like drones are a bit more different. And I feel like um, a lot of people want to take these out, have a get a, license, a pilot's license, you know. I don't know how much they are, but... After that, they were going to be completely out of their depth or over their head. They're just going to be, yeah, I've got my pilot license. This is a small machine. I can handle this, and I can just see accidents happening. I feel like people should do a drone test. That was what I would put forward. And also the uh, weighing less than um, a certain limit is great. I feel like that is definitely uh, just to start off baby steps, see how it goes. And this idea of the... Amazon future or the Google future, I just can't see it happening. 
Yeah, and just to iterate for anyone who really doesn't know what the Amazon future is, the Amazon future is Amazon being able to deliver your packages to your door by drone, uh, which is sort of more being pitched for the houses which are in rural areas, which kind of aren't covered very well by Amazon's prime service, uh, where obviously in the cities they can get packages to you the same day uh, due to the nature of where you live. Uh, being in the uh, in the middle of nowhere, though, sometimes a little bit different logistically, can also slow down uh, any form of delivery service. So if they can provide a drone service, it means that they can get that package to you faster. They've already made several ads uh, regarding it and sort of videos to try and pitch uh, that this, they, this is something they believe that is the future. But I think only time will tell. This regulation is a step in the right direction, but still, we're a long way off our drone future. To continue listening to the podcast, enter any 11-digit prime number after the beep. Beep. Now, a secondary topic this week is coming from NASCAR, and it's should it go electric. This is also going to be our versus topic. Last week, Bill Nye started a bit of a storm with his post that says if NASCAR embraced electric cars, it could change the world. In it, Nye expands on a chapter from his most recent book where he calls for NASCAR to ditch its internal combustion engines and replace them with electric ones. I quote, we could convert all of our race cars to electricity right now and show the public exactly what electric cars can do. Now, obviously this week, we're going to be doing a versus topic. Now, because I lost last week, and I, I, I don't, I, I'm not very happy about it. Um, I'm, I'm going to be the judge and we're going to have Ben and Martin both going up against this. The pressure is really on for for me to sort of uh, to sort of beat Martin to ruin his streak. <laughs> yeah, because Martin's two nil up at the minute, two nil nil. So me and Ben are both on zero. I'm going to be on zero at the end of this anyway. And if Martin gets to three and Ben's still on zero, I it's it's just it's going to be horrible. With Martin being the person that's won, we are going to continue to give him the preference of of which one would you prefer. Um, and then obviously that'll be heads or tails. So what do you want, heads or tails? I would go heads, please. And what is the what would what would be the stance um, for, for you be? So would you be pro um, NASCAR going electric, or would you be arguing that you don't want NASCAR to go electric? I want to be four. You want to be four. So if it lands heads, it's Martin's going to be arguing for. If it lands tails, Martin's going to be arguing against. So let me flip the coin. It is heads. We're going to kick it off, I think, with Martin. Um, because I, I, I feel like we need to give the person that's uh, th- that's challenging, should I say, a little bit of an extra time to think about it. So, Thank Martin, you, Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to get the timer ready. And as long as you're ready, yep. I'm going to start the timer now. So, three, two, one, go. Okay, why NASCAR should go green? It's easy to see why, because if they go green, it might inspire other car manufacturers and it might push eco cars. Think about um, like the new Teslas coming out, that they're quick, fast, and they could easily match up maybe the speeds of them. And I know what people are gonna say, oh, the sounds, and like it'll be a silent race. No, the sounds could be uh, replicated, definitely. And also look at NASA recently. They've um, looked at a lot of eco stuff. They've entwined it with their technology. They've stepped up a gear and it feels like racing still in that old tech, gasoline fueled. It's just not not really advancing anything. And it's also clean and saves the environment. Probably the biggest thing with global warming being such a threat, we need to save the planet. And this would be, again, a great giant step to push, obviously, eco cars around as well as NASCAR. Oh my. And you finished it with three seconds left. Okay. Are you ready, Ben? I am indeed. Okay, so I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, 
go. Okay, so mine's all about saving the world, but you know, sometimes, what's the point of saving a world that isn't enjoyable? If you can't have fun, if you can't still enjoy the things that have been so fundamental uh, to the way we live our lives, you know, cars are a day-to-day -day thing. You know, regardless of the way, you know, that does affect the environment, yeah, there are ways we can save it. It is being saved in lots of ways, lots of things are being done. But when it comes to sports, things we enjoy, pastimes, things like that, I think they should stay true to the form that they always have. It's been going on for generations and generations. Why change it? A big reason not to change it is the money that this will cost the industry to invest. What are they going to do with all the Formula 1 cars they got? Well, just get rid of them. What are they going to do with all the NASCAR cars they got? Well, we'll get rid of those too. So how much money do you think these people have? They don't have this sort of money. You know, Formula 1's already been uh, hit by a lot of uh, sort of budget issues. They've already, you know, had to scale down on things. And I think this would add a cost which really they just can't swallow. And also, you know, why would you want to change? So people who watch these sports, you know, a lot of these people have been brought up with these sports. It would be a bit like saying, you know, what, let's change football drastically you know let, let's oh, get rid of the ball we'll do it a different way I'm going to have to stop you there sadly that, I had so I, much I, more to I, say actually I had so I know, much more I know. to say I could, I could feel that going into a, a good another two or three minutes of talk probably, and probably could. you were going into a good few topics I could definitely see where that was going I but, feel like this should be a debate sorry because I have like a massive <laughs> counter for, for Ben right now and I'm like I can't well, that's the only thing with versus this, you this, only this, have a minute the, yeah this is this is the, 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 the beauty of the versus series that we do only have a minute um, and I have I have made a decision. I don't, I don't want to sort of like go on from where uh, Ben was going for it. So I'm going to sort of like judge on on the minute that you were given what okay. what was said in that minute. And I still think I still think that Ben has won this week. Yes, I beat Martin Street. I, 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 I honestly think like I I, I do I do see that the, the whole like electric cars like I I do see how it it can be a good thing. Um, but personally, I don't think it's going to be a thing until all racing series across the world take this this format. It can't just be NASCAR. NASCAR's only big in America. And I honestly think for the time being, unless until the electric cars have been developed more um, and funding has been in, 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 has gone into it, I don't think it should be a thing. So the point does go to Ben. So that means it's 2-1-0. And it's kind of sucky for me because I now... Um, need to be. I mean, I, I go up against Ben next week, but uh, you're never gonna win. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's it's kind of scary for me. If if I <laughs> if I don't win now, it's gonna be two two zero with some. With it's gonna YouTube. be embarrassing. Yeah, with, with you really really yeah. I, I need to win next week. If mm. I don't win next week, I'm I'm leaving the podcast. The worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades. You're listening to the Pixel Podcast, and with that. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. You can keep up to date with our podcast on abruptaudio.com forward slash PIX3L. Also, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And not to leave out the Android users, you can download the Audio Boom app. Join us again next week where we will discuss the latest technology and gaming news. But until then, goodbye from Edson. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Ben. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to the Pixel Podcast. Thank you and good night. Or as they say in gamer speak, G-G-N-O-R-E. Thanks, guys. You didn't, you didn't say bye again. You did that thing again. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, and I know this is God still going to be part of the podcast me. as well. So I'm going to say bye now. Bye. 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 <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> no, we love you. <laughs> I don't. You? Oh, Edson. It's Valentine's. It's funny too. because it's true. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. It is Valentine's. I mean, Valentine's. I mean, you know, why not? Why not? Why not? I was going to say something weird. Then I'm not going to say that. Anyway, I uh, should probably hit stop on the on the recording. Why not Netflix and chill? I'm yeah. out.
<laughs> yeah. Spell Dragon's dead. 